Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you as the next hour. We'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Had a couple of pay-per-views last night. And so we will get into those. We will start off with UFC 253 as it was headlined by the middleweight championship of the world, Israel Adesanya against Paulo Costa uh, for the 185 strap. Uh, A lot of of trash talk between these two coming into it. So it was a a fun contested bout as far as uh, the personalities were concerned. And, you know, Stylebender is, is on this cusp right now, I think, for a lot of people's minds of that he could be you know, one of the faces of the UFC if he's not there already. And I think after what last night's performance was, he's probably there. You know, he's probably there as far as one of the uh, the real torchbearers for the company. A sensational performance against Paulo Costa, who really wasn't in the fight at all. I mean, that was the the big theme out of both of the, uh, the title fights is that they weren't very competitive. And so I think that it was one of those nights where, you know, you're going to go and say, well, what was... The real storyline out of UFC 253, and the big thing is is going to be Stylebender. He's going to be the guy that everybody's going to remember that, you know, he is continuing this this unbelievable middleweight reign right now. Where since he has vaulted into the UFC and you know taken on the likes of you know Derek Brunson, Anderson Silva, winning the interim title in that uh, all time classic against Kelvin Gastelum, the way that he beat Robert Whitaker to be the uh, to be the undisputed champion. Um, yes, his Yoel Romero fight wasn't fantastic. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't super exciting, but you all will do that to people. Yoel is one of the best to ever do it. Even if he's never officially held a title, um, Paulo Costa, on the other hand, you know, he's, he's, he's a little bit wet behind the ears. You know, he's not, he doesn't have that great experience. He probably thought that he was going to come in here and, uh, overpower Izzy. I think one of the things that was interesting with this with Paulo, and, uh, you know, I don't mean to do this immediately with a guy because he is so young in his career and he is just getting to the top. But, you know, I just look at those two bodies, right? 
and you just look at the way that Paolo fights, and he's just this barrage of of terror. I don't even know what the point of him getting down to 185 is. Like, he's so damn big. Um, he looks like he could definitely be a light heavyweight. I know that, uh, you know, at 6'1", he's probably not with the likes of, uh, of, of uh, you know, what we saw in the, in the main event where he had two guys at 6'4", you know, but it just seems like uh, he's got, he's going to have such a speed disadvantage anytime he faces Izzy. And so if there is going to be some career about face, maybe it is one of those, those jumps, or maybe he feels like, you know, he can, uh, he can barrage a little bit. He was definitely hesitant, um, which you don't blame him for. Cause he was, he was the slower guy in this regard. Um, but look, style bender just brought out the kitchen sink on him. I mean, he was, he chopped the tree down early. Uh, the big, the big storyline was the leg kicks. It was looking really nasty early. Um, you know, he is, he's got legs that look like damn hands out there. That's how damn, uh, versatile he is with it. So I guess the question becomes now is like, well, where does he go from here? Um, he said in the afterwards that if, if, um, Jared Cannonier gets the win that he'd like to, uh, you know, he'd like to fight him. So Cannonier was announced. He is going to be fighting Robert Whitaker, uh, the upcoming pay-per-view, uh, against Habib Nurmagomedov. I like that fight. Uh, certainly it's good to see a guy. And I do like this from Izzy is that he is a guy, uh, who seems willing to build his own narrative and is not afraid to, uh, He's not afraid to, to to step in some uncomfortable places. That's why you know he takes on a guy like Yo Romero. If it doesn't, it's not a fight that's going to make him look particularly good. Uh, it's still a good win to have on your resume. And his, his entire career has been smart like that. Kennedy's an absolute beast. Not an easy fight. Now listen, he doesn't have an easy fight in front of him uh, in taking on Robert Whitaker. So we'll see. It's a big what if. Uh, I was a little surprised there wasn't any, um, you know talk of John Jones from him. I was wondering if he was going to get veer off in that direction. Um, you know, but maybe those guys are just two ships that we're never going to see cross, even though the, the rivalry just seems fantastic. It's tough not to notice, um, the similarities, especially in the versatility of striking. Obviously there's a big difference in, in the wrestling ability that John brings to the table that, you know, I think would be a big X factor if the two ever fought, but if you're just talking about the way he goes, and 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 strategically picks apart his opponents that's the that that's really the beauty of style bender and 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 what he he brings to the table so it was a really great performance by him man i mean there there's just nothing you can do but he preys upon him um and for costa you know i what could he have done better i mean you probably would have said yeah he probably has to impose his will a little bit more i thought that this was going to be a fight where if costa was going to get it he had to get it in the first couple rounds because I just figured as the fight goes on, it's going to be worse off for him. But, um, you know, from that standpoint, he didn't. Uh, he was he was trying to play the waiting game a little bit. He was doing some gamesmanship. He uh, was doing his best McGregor impersonation where, you know, he's doing the double uh, kiss at the, at the center of the octagon. He's doing the hands behind the back, but not really. Like, does it like a show me for two seconds? Um, you know, so us, uh, other than his his gamesmanship if you want to call it he didn't really bring any game to the table he took a head kick um that cut him open he was in bad shape from there and then you know from the you know i think from there adesanya realized that he had uh, pretty much a sitting duck and and he put it on him 
and he's lucky the referee stepped in, stepped in on it because it could have gotten a lot worse. So great win for Stylebender. Um, I don't I don't know I know how much more I could how how much more I can stress that. And I don't you know it's interesting you know he he mentioned tonight how he wants to be the next Anderson Silva, and I, that is one of the things that you you wonder. You're like, all right, is this guy good enough to have that kind of a run, that kind of longevity? Um, will you know, or you know, his his rival John Jones, like his. I know they're different divisions, but you know, can he go on that kind of a a run? And you know, he really has taken on in this reign a lot of different styles, and so he seems like for now he is pretty set to not get dethroned at any point. And so if he does take on a Jared Cannonier, I suppose you know Killer Gorilla could go out there and hit him with something heavy and hit him with some bombs. But I just don't feel like he's got the versatility of weapons, you know, to give that type of challenge to Izzy right now. Uh, in the co-main event, we'll get into that a little bit. In the co-main event, you had Jan Blahovich uh, winning the vacant light heavyweight trap against Dominic Reyes. Uh, I mentioned this last week. I thought that if Dominic would have won, you know, this was a big narrative fight for me in that if Dominic would have won, I would have been able to close the John Jones chapter a lot easier in that, look, a lot of people thought that Dominic won the last fight. It reminded me very much of when GSP walked away from the welterweight division, Johnny Hendrick, Robbie Lawler fight, Johnny Hendricks, a lot of people thought beat GSP, Johnny Hendricks becomes the champion. And you know, the, the cycle of, of the welterweight division just kind of moved on. It, it was always, it was always just seamless, you know, you know, Johnny fought Robbie. Robbie fought uh, Johnny again. They had a great fight. Robbie became champion. Had a class against Rory. Fought um, fought Carlos Condit. Fought Tyron Woodley. Woodley to, you know, Woodley has has his defenses. Woodley go to Usman. Like it's just it's had a very seamless transition. Um, light heavyweight. It's been a, a two man show now for such a long time, and. The, the time where it wasn't John Jones, it was just known as, you know, DC was looked upon as such a paper champion because he had lost to, to, to John. So I thought that if Dominic would have gotten the win, it would have served this 205 vacancy a lot better. That being said, the performance that Jan Blahovich put on Dominic Reyes can be nothing but applauded. I mean, he whooped his ass, quite frankly. It wasn't a close fight. Um... And so, yes, you do have this new era started by a 37-year-old, and his first uh, and his first inclination is to call out the former champion. He doesn't want to move fo- forth. He doesn't want to be, you know, uh, I think looked upon as the guy. I think he looks upon this as a golden ticket to fight John Jones, where he probably wasn't going to get to fight John Jones as, you know, just Jan Blahovich the contender. So it'll be interesting, you know. John was tweeting a lot during it. I don't think John's going to come down to 205 to fight Jan. Um, he's just solidified 205 so much. What's the point? You know, like what if you if you are in that division and you're John Jones and you're looking at it and be like, all right, well, that guy does look like he hits really hard. Um, what if he does catch me with something? You know, and I think John's been fortunate in that some of the guys who he has had trouble with in these volume strikers. They haven't been able to catch him with something that devastating. But what if Jan is the guy who is able to do it? So, I don't know. I think for him, he's probably still going to have his eyes set on 
that that heavyweight debut. I think it's the right thing for him too, you know. And then this new reign of the light heavyweight division just has to find some kind of grip. Is it a, a soft-spoken guy who's 37 years old from Poland? I don't know, but he. But I will tell you, his fight style is exciting. Uh, he can obliterate some fools with his shots, and for that, um, I think that's really exciting. So, um, you know, those were the big storylines of tonight. It wasn't the greatest card in the world. It did have a good uh, Ben Rival with his uh, Kai Kara France, the, the guillotine that he put on him. That was a sick move, man. That was a great fight. It, it, it really had the makings of a classic, but um, the move that he puts on to finish that bout was just absolutely tremendous. Uh, a lot of decisions then thereafter, you know? Uh, so it wasn't, uh, like I said, I I think that this is going to be known as a card that is known for just Israel Adesanya's greatness. And that's about it. I don't think we're going to remember for a whole hell of a lot more. Um, if Dominic would have beaten Jan, I think it probably would have been more memorable. Um, because right now it doesn't stand as like this general. It doesn't stand as like this new era. You know, they tried doing that with the, with the light heavyweight division. They're like the new era, uh, the new reign. And it's like, well, all right, but am I supposed to believe Jan's going to have this this great reign over the light? I don't know. Maybe he will. But he's 37. So we'll see. It's um it's not I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect the guy because again, I was th- his performance was thrilling. Um I just don't know if it's gonna be etched in the memory of uh, in the annals of mixed martial arts for for years to come. Whereas Adesanya seems like he is very much this does seem like another big chapter in his career book. So those are my takeaways from uh from UFC 253. We'll take a quick break. We got to cover what went down on the boxing side of things. Showtime, they uh, had a Charlo doubleheader yesterday, which was good to see. Probably the most competitive uh, big-time boxing car we've had since the pandemic, something that's been really lacking in the sport. So we'll get into uh, what they did. And obviously, there was big news this week regarding Manny Pacquiao, Conor McGregor. Are they going to box? Love some some cross-sport fighting. We'll get to that uh, later on in the show as well. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Uh, so it was nice last night. We had a boxing doubleheader on pay-per-view, Showtime pay-per-view. The Charlo twins, they were the uh, they were the big headliners for this. They did Jermall Charlo versus Sergey Derevchenko as the, the well, they, they, they dubbed it a dual main event, a doubleheader, if you will. It was a little bit weird because I didn't know how this whole thing was going on. I was very confused because I, you know, go to check out the pay-per-view and Jamal is fighting. I was like, oh. So I was under the impression that Jermel was going to come on right after. I was, you know, I never know how these, you know, you try and find a boxing card on the the internet. It's a pain in the ass. So I didn't know. I didn't know. I just knew the Charlotte twins were fighting. Um, and I, I admit I've been a little bit det- as, as people have listened to the show, I've been detached from boxing and then not one of these guys who's disgruntled with it. It's just, I'm waiting for the competition to kind of amp up again. And cause you can just tell like everybody's put in a, a, a B foot forward. This was not that I thought that they had, uh, they, the, the Charlo twins were both stepping up in, in big competition. I thought they both were taking on dangerous guys. Uh, Jamal taking on Derevchenko. He's no joke. 
And uh, and I thought that Jermel taking on Jason Rosario. I don't think Jason Rosario is a joke. So I thought that um, you know definitely worth some money. I'll check it out as a, as a boxing fan who's been starving for it. You know what? Let's dive into it. But I was confused. I was like, oh, he's fighting early. This was like during the Kane. I think during the Kane's game, I was texting the guys back and forth. I was like, hey, you know, co-main event starting. Jamal's shot. And I was, so I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, was Showtime trying to get it in before the UFC pay-per-view? It's an interesting strategy. Um, you know, we know that. Remember, he was Golden Boy back in with the uh, back in November where they waited out the, the UFC with um, – hell was it it was uh nate versus george for for the bmf title they they had canelo canelo the memes of canelo fighting uh kovalev and he was sitting there sitting on the couch looking like he was just watching netflix so um yeah i was just I, I so jamal was fighting and i was like all right cool jamal's fighting the canes game was kind of a route at that point uh the ufc was in the undercard and it wasn't going i was like all right cool you know we got jamal charlo going boom and so i thought that we were going to get that, and then they, uh, you know, then maybe, and then Jermel was going to be right afterwards. Uh, and then they brought on their, their more, their talking heads, and they were talking about, uh, you know, the Comey that was going on. I was like, okay, so there's going to be one more fight, then Jermel. That seems like a mistake. They're like, no, three more fights, then we get to Jermel. I was like, oh, all right. That's a little bit of a weird schedule because you started off and you got me all amped up with Jermel fighting, and now I'm looking to see his brother fight, and I got to wait two hours to basically get to the main event it's a little bit of a weird stacking it's my only criticism of it i love showtime and the way they do things i think that they uh from a production standpoint probably do it better than anybody else um al bernstein more ronaldo two of the best in the game i know they've had added abner morris uh, as replacing paulie malinaji um i think they could probably do better than him he's you can tell he's very uh fish out of water on when to jump in right now this isn't going to be an Abner Mars criticism thing. I'm just saying, like, he's he's still feeling his way with that crew, and it's very noticeable. Um, but point being, had some competitive boxing. Two guys, they're fighting for belts. Uh, Derevchenko's no joke. He's not, um, you know, it's not him taking on Andrade. I mean, I would much rather be in that regard. I think, Jer- I think Jermall Charlo's a good fighter, and I think uh, he's got a star quality to him for sure. So I would like to see him you know, taking on the best of the best. Um, and so, you know, this matchup I was interested to see because, you know, he probably was going to take on a guy that a lot of people thought beat Triple G, gave Danny Jacobs uh, some trouble. Like, he's a he's a tough fighter. He's a tough fighter, Derevchenko. You know, he looks like a cinder block out there because he's like 5'9", fighting middleweights. So it's tough. Um, but I thought that, uh, I thought Jamal put forth a great show. His jab was a huge factor in this and that he could basically dictate the fight at range for the most part, whenever he wanted. Although once we got to like the middle rounds, it was a much, with the more beat up, it felt like, uh, Sergey got the more competitive. He almost got like it brought out, it brought out this beast in him where he was trying to throw all caution to the wind and try and hurt Jamal and I think he did a couple times I don't think he uh you know not to the point where I thought he you know was gonna knock him out or anything like that but I thought that he showed his respect he showed that he was no joke and um it was a good I think performance for a lot of reasons one I think for Jamal he gets the opportunity to get some you know some really highly contested 
rounds with a guy who's been in there with the best, you know, and, and not, and not just in there with somebody like, you know, Dennis Hogan, he was way bigger than, or, 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 you know, uh, uh, you know, any other competition that he's taken on. I feel like he goes in there with, uh, with Derevchenko, tests him up a little bit so he can get ready for those big time matchups. But um, yeah, you know, it's also like, let's not get crazy about it. He has lost with probably the best guys that he's been in there with too. But either way, uh, entertaining showing for Jamal, um, did well and, you know, got himself a solid win. I thought it was like eight, four, eight, four, um, on my scorecards, nine threes, definitely seeable. thought 10, two is probably a little bit too strong because I just thought that Sergey was bringing the, uh, bringing the energy a lot more in the second half of that fight than, uh, than, than Jamal was. Uh, but the stud of the night was Jamel. Like Jamel was uh, the one where, you know, his performance against Jason Rosario was absolutely, absolutely stunning because you know, Jason's a dangerous fighter. I thought that, uh, you know, he saw that with his last win where he picked up his championship. And so you have Jamel who, you know, is looked upon as the the one with the blemish on his record. You know, he had the tough loss to Tony Harrison and they're talking about, Oh, effed by the judges and all that type of stuff. But either way, I mean, he is, uh, we talked about him actually last week with, uh, with the Erickson Lubin thing, because, you know, he does have, he, he is dynamic in, in, in those hands. He really, really is. And, and has shown that regularly that he can, he can flash some serious strength and what he did to Jason Rosario, you know, he put him down three times in this fight, did it in the first round, it was funny because it was kind of like one of those quick things off to the side. You like look up, and then I actually saw Jason kind of fall to the ground. The can- I didn't see the punch. I saw Jason fall to the canvas, and I kind of saw him. I thought he was convulsing because he hit his head, and I didn't notice. Uh, and then obviously I see in the replay, and I hear Morrow say it was a body shot. I was like, who reacts to that? Like the body shot. And really what it was is he just couldn't breathe. He was just trying to work all the bodies like a fish. He literally looked like a fish out of water. Um so a great performance by uh, a great performance by Jamel Charlo. It's interesting for him because he, uh, you know, he now basically has all the belts at uh, at light middleweight. He is, uh, I think, what's left is Lara. The last thing that's left for him, if you were to uh, no, it's uh, Patrick to share as the WBO champion. You know, so what does he do? Does like does he get into the mix at uh, at one sixty? You know, does he jump up? Because his mandatory is is Erickson Lubin at W for the WBC title. We saw him fight last week. Obviously, there's a big easy promotional fight there, but he smoked him. I mean, he beat him in a round. And I talked about this last week with uh, with the problem with Erickson Lubin, uh, and you know his fight wasn't tremendous. His 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 bout last week it wasn't like this. Wow, the kid is really making. I almost was. I, I thought they they've made him a little bit too conservative. Uh, they've taken the shine off of him a little bit with, you know, when this kid was coming up and when he got to that crack, uh, Jamel Charlo, like he was doing like crazy splits in the ring, pop up and punches. I mean, he was dynamic. Um, but also, you know, I don't, I would like Erickson Lubin to get the crack at him because I think that's, you know, I think this is a, a crappy thing with boxing where a guy takes a chance at 21 years old. Bites off more than he can chew, suffers a humiliating lock, uh, knockout loss, and they treat him like he's broken goods the rest of his career. And I would like the guy to get a chance at redemption. 
I think that would be a great story. But I would get it if he doesn't. I mean, I know I'm not stupid enough to to realize that if you're Jamel, you're like, well, how could it get better than what I did? It was kind of like we we talked about, uh, you know, with with uh, with certain matchups in the UFC. It's like, well, how could it get better than that if you go and smoke a guy? But you know, at least with the UFC, if a guy earns you at least for a couple of shots, you'll get a couple of cracks at it. You know, I understand if you lose twice and you lose twice devastatingly, you know, then sometimes it's it's hard to do it. Uh, guys getting three shots is very rare. They're kind of talking about that in the UFC with Max Holloway and Volkanovski. Um, but even that, you know, I think, I think if I'm Volkanovski, I would understand it as champ would be like, really, you want me to fight Max Holloway a third time? Um, so either way, uh, it was great to have boxing on that stage again. I thought the Charlo brothers showed out, especially Jermel. Great fight for him. Uh, great, great, uh, showcase against a tough guy in, in, in Jason Rosario, who is, uh, you know, I think stunned a lot of people because he won the belt in a bit of an upset, but either way, um, was champ and has some heavy hands and is a dangerous guy to take on. And he put it on him. He put him on him in that fight. So a really, really great performance by Jamel, uh, to get the belt in that one. And it's good to see, you know, Showtime's got a good, uh, a good schedule coming up as far as, uh, you know, getting things right. Like I said, it's been, it's been from my standpoint with boxing, it's just been a dry time, man. Like it's, you know, we're sitting here and, I want these guys to have some level of competition. It just feels like anybody they get in there just feels so lopsided. And I thought going into both of these fights, now both Charlo brothers ended up winning pretty easily. But Sergey uh, Derevchenko definitely brought the fight to Jamal. It wasn't a wash. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't an embarrassing one-sided affair. It was a good fight. It was a really, really good fight. And so um, I think that should make boxing fans pleased. And then with, you know, you know, Jason with him, you know, taking the early blow early on in the fight came back a little bit, but you know, Jermel was just better. He he was just better. And I think that's great. I think it's great to have two guys. It's a cool game. You know, I don't want to call them being twins a gimmick. It's a cool thing that you have two twin brothers being this damn good in the sport. Um, But you know, boxing needs more of this for sure. You know, I'm looking at the upcoming schedule. Um, what do we got next week? We got uh, Jose Zapata against Ivan Berenchik on ESPN Plus. Ivan trains on here, the Beast. He trains in Miami, so you guys can check that out from a local perspective. If you guys are interested in that, uh, Lee Selby, George Cambosa's friend of the show, is next week. Go check out our boy George, the Spartan. I'll be definitely checking that out. Is that on? You know what's weird though? They don't put that on. Uh, not on DAZN. Wasn't that originally on DAZN? Wasn't that supposed to be a DAZN card? It's kind of weird. I got to reach out to my boy Peter see what's up with that because it doesn't have it on the DAZN card. And I thought that that was supposed to that was supposed to be the headliner. I wonder why that's not happening. All right, that's a little bit strange. Um, you know. So that's what's coming up next week in boxing. And then, of course, in the middle of the month, we got Vasily Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez. That's going to be a nice, that's going to be a really big fight. So boxing is starting to get back into it a little bit, which is great to see uh, because it, it's been, I mean, it's been a barren wasteland. And a lot of promoters don't even want to put their guys out there. Like, they're starting to give their guys some work. But I'm telling you, man, like, we've seen this with the Canelo thing. We've seen this with plenty of big fighters. They don't even want to go out there because of not being able to sell tickets, not be able to put a crowd out there. 
It's uh, it's not the same. They haven't been able to uh, go forth the same way that uh, that that UFC has, and I do think they've suffered for it. Like, look, they've gone out there, and I think they thought if they threw anything on television, it was going to get ratings. That just wasn't the case. Even when they were just throwing whatever it was out there, nobody was watching. Um, you know, at least with the UFC, when they were throwing stuff out there, they were only sport going. They were still really, 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 really good fights. And people were, people are interested. And I do think it's paid off for them. You know, we saw the the numbers came out last week for uh, Colby versus Tyron. They were monstrous for ESPN+. Plus. Um, and you know that, you know, you know it's a big deal for them because they're revealing that. Like, they're putting that out in the media. And it's hard to get those digital numbers from time to time. So... UFC's been uh UFC's been cracking with the ratings, man. They've been doing good, and boxing is not. And they needed uh, I think they needed a night like tonight, even if they went against the UFC, which is definitely going to get more coverage because of being an ESPN partner. They're going to show that Israel Adesanya knockout left and right Sports Center. It's still good that they got a night where um, they had two young stars do their thing, shine a little bit, and get people excited about watching them fight somebody. Uh, and now the question is keep that going and let's uh let's you know get Jamal Charlo in there let's have some champion versus champion stuff go on with him uh same thing with Jamel whatever the next challenge is for him now that he's kind of wiped out 154 even if that is you know just fighting the best contenders at 154 we'll take a quick break speaking of boxing and MMA we cross blend it a little Conor McGregor Manny Pacquiao apparently they're fighting now we'll get to that next welcome back everybody so we talked a little bit of boxing we talked a little bit of mixed martial arts now we'll blend the two together, the two worlds, they'll come together uh, in this uh, this part of the show. So the big news this week, uh, as far as combat crossover was concerned, if that's even a thing, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about here, man. Listen, Conor McGregor came out and he announced to the world that his next fight is going to be fighting Manny Pacquiao in a boxing match, that he is going to be boxing Manny, and that is the next time we'll see him. He had a series of interesting stuff that uh came out as diego sanchez you know was fighting this weekend so i guess this is uh was kind of starting off as a nod to diego because it said to diego sanchez i've seen your recent comments about your final bats and i'm in um after you fight Pereira, i had requested myself uh to get pete in dublin this was back in february when i was working on opposition for my season pre-COVID. Good luck this weekend. And so Connor reveals like a series of DMs between him and Dana White. And he's like, is there an LA date? And, uh, you know, Connor's, uh, you know, Dana's saying to him, no, we don't have an LA date. No LA this year. Could we have heard different? Um, and then, you know, Dana's like, what do you mean to heard different? And he goes, exactly what I said, not doing LA. And uh, so... Connor's like, you know, he's not, he says, I'm not waiting on the guy. What's there? Who's there? Anyone? And, um, he goes a fight in late May in LA, me and Diego in Dublin, August rematch at the end of next year. Boom. Me and Diego in Dublin is a cracker, bro. We would lose our, uh, Dana responds, bro. We would lose our promoters license. If we make that fight and goes, I thought he just fought one of his better fights. To be honest, considering the opponent's, uh, styles, what's the date of the Brazil card? Um, so I guess that's the the end for a while. And then he goes, uh, who's next? Gaethje went, let's get going. Same as before. I'm going to have my team reach out. Is that what you want, kid? I'm going to have my guy call now. 
Um, goes lovely. What are we thinking? International Fight Week. So that's July. And Connor wanted to fight a lot sooner than that. Remember, he remember Connor went into this year. He wanted to fight four times. This was going to be his quote season. That's what he's referring to. And uh, you know, they were thinking, okay, International Fight Week, build it up for a while. You know, they want the time to build up for Connor fights. So he says, I want to fight in May. He says, all we have is uh, small fights in May, tiny markets, nothing big. He goes, the old switcheroo. July is the earliest date I could do for you, kid. It's our first U.S. date for a while. Uh, it worked today, fast as I can do. All right, so that's uh, that's the first peek we got into this little conversation. He goes, three weeks post my last record-breaking event. I was campaigning for another blockbuster record event to, fit, uh, to happen. Sadly, it didn't happen. Um, and then... He says, uh, you know, Dana and him talked about their teams going back and forth. They, uh, you know, Dana didn't want to have him. They apparently talked about him being a step in for Gaethje and Ferguson. But, you know, Connor didn't want to do that. And so Dana felt like that was keeping his word. So he said, here's the end of the exchange. Pre-COVID, pre-retirement, never turned down an offer for Tony. It was suggested at the time. I stayed months in advance. I was not interested in being an alternate after uh, two consistent pullouts. I pushed for my own schedule bouts. I was pushing hard for a reason, multiple opponents, multiple dates, offered throughout, all to take place back-to-back. Then when Coven hit, uh, they said that we would have to wait for crowds again. I walked away from the situation. I was waiting long enough at that stage. Anyway, he says, this is the final tweet. Anyway, all water under the bridge. Who gives an F? I'm boxing Manny Pacquiao next in the Middle East. Um, and then he goes, it will be a true honor to have faced the two greatest boxers of a modern era. Uh, afraid of a fight. So this was the big announcement this week. Uh, Ariel Hawani then came out with some deets uh, and said that there were serious negotiations. Uh, obviously, the big hiccup would be how much does the UFC want Connor to go off and box? But I would say if Connor does have any defense here, and I think that's why he's probably throwing the receipts out there, is they're kind of having him on ice right now. They don't have an interest in Conor McGregor fighting if he is uh, if he is not able to draw a crowd. And so if you're Conor, what do you do? You want to stay active. You want to do something fun. You want to make money, obviously, all that type of stuff. So, you know, what what is the way that you go here? And I think that it was an interesting one. Like, the, 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 it's not the first time the Conor Manny thing has been uh, brought up before. I think it's a fun fight. As far as it's a fun visual, um, Manny's obviously an offensive fighter. I would like to see, you know, how he goes about taking Connor out. I mean, we just saw, you know, Floyd walk down Connor, and, you know, Floyd doesn't fight that style. I think Manny's going to give him a lot of problems, but I would like to see it. Um, and it comes down to this, you know, people, you know, people ask, oh, why do you like these freak shows so much, Tobin? Why, you know, why do you, uh, because I'm, first of all, your investment in this, the, the investment you put into a boxing match, um, is very, very small. We're talking a half hour. They're probably going to do 10 rounds. So you're talking 30 minutes, you know, tell me the, the, the sporting, event. You know, I'm sure there'll be other boxing matches, but if you only wanted to tune in for the freak show, you're investing at, uh, at best 30 minutes of time. Um, which isn't very much, you know, this is, this is, this is one of the things that, uh, I think would be fun. Plus you got to talk about the guys in hand. All right. What else has Manny Pacquiao got to do? Right. He's done everything in his career. He just had a great thrilling win of Keith. Thurman. It was one of the coolest events I've ever been to. 
It was a bucket list event for me to go see Manny Pacquiao fight. Uh, is he supposed to go out there and take on Errol Spence or take on Terrence Crawford, allow them probably to win, build off, off of his name um, just to make themselves more famous? You know, and some may people will look at that as a noble thing for the sport, you know, allow the young bucks to get some shine off of you. But, you know, Manny Pacquiao has done that, first of all. I mean, he just fought Keith Thurman, who was a young former champion. I mean, people may say that he took it opportunistically because Keith was still coming off injury and, you know, he's not the same guy that he was when undisputed champion. Not saying you're wrong there. Uh, but what what else does he, that, like, is it really his responsibility to go make sure the next era of boxing is in good hands? I don't know. Maybe if he was a little bit younger, if we're talking about a guy when he first was was coming back after the Floyd fight, all right, I'll hear you out a little bit when he's when he's when he's got that going on, but I don't know, man. I feel like he's in the spot where he if he can make a gazillion dollars fighting Conor McGregor. Why shouldn't he be allowed to do that? And on the same side with Conor in a weird way, he too is also in that spot where why can't Conor McGregor go make a ton of money fighting Manny Pacquiao? He's done it all in the sport. Um, he's trying to fight in the sport. They're not really putting him out there actively. So, you know, I'd imagine the early goings on this from Dana is going to be like, no, we're not going to allow Conor to do that. And that's going to be a problem and all that type of stuff. But I don't think it should be. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, one of those things where, you, uh, you, you should really go out there and, um, you know, I think it's, it's only going to make Connor huge. I really don't think he loses anything off of losing a boxing match. They're boxing matches. Um, he just got stopped by Floyd Mayweather for Christ's sakes. Like nobody gets Floyd doesn't stop anybody. And, you know, he fights Habib and biggest pay-per-view of all time. So I don't think it's going to hurt him. Um, from a box office standpoint, I really don't think it's a huge lose for the UFC. I honestly, if I were them, I'd like to get some kind of a cut. Uh, so I'd want to be dealt in on it a little bit, but I would let him do it. I wouldn't be in this situation where I would try and block it. If you don't, if you have a situation where people in the middle East want the fight to happen, make the fight happen, you know, but you know, build a, build the platform for it. you guys are monsters at this. Um, Seems smart to me. I feel like a ton of people would buy it on pay-per-view. Um, you're not necessarily going to have a, a crowd, but that's one of those ones where you would have a weird crowd anyway, where it'd be like a ton of rich people. So I don't think it's like you're going to lose this huge atmospheric thing. And I think you can make a ton on pay-per-view. So um, I hope it happens. I, 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 I'm, I'm steadfast in this. I, I hope Manny Pacquiao versus Connor happens. One, he just doesn't really have an opponent. The thing I wanted the most for Connor was Connor versus Jorge. I wanted that fight to happen, but I knew that Connor wasn't going to take that unless Jorge was a uh, welterweight champion of the world. Unless Connor had a chance to do something historic against Masvidal, he wasn't going to take that fight. Um, now that Jorge is kind of, you know, lining himself up to fight Nate Diaz, I find it, you know, highly unlikely Connor's like who does he fight? In all honesty, like give me the best Connor McGregor uh idea you guys tony um okay yeah i mean he, he fights tony um tough fight you know it's a it's a really it's a it's a really tough fight for him so if i dustin you know i i think that's always an iffy one for him because 
you fought a guy and beat him as good as you did. Like, what much do you gain from beating Dustin Poirier? Even though everybody who listens to this show knows, I think the world of Dustin. I do think that that's the one guy who could look to fighting Dustin Poirier and be like, yeah, yeah, but I go and I fight him and I don't beat him worse. And then what? And everybody's like, oh, you couldn't even beat him worse the second time. You could only beat him at featherweight. I wouldn't want that if I was Connor. So, um, you know, I, I do think that with the UFC's being in this situation where they don't really want to fight him because he's one of the biggest box office draws there is uh, from a crowd standpoint and him not really having an opponent because really I think all he wants to do is fight Habib or fight for the belt. Um yeah, I think this is a I think this is a fun option. I like I like Conor McGregor versus Manny Pacquiao. So that's my thoughts on that. Everybody have a great rest of your uh, your week. Uh, we uh, we love you guys. Miss any of the show? Download the podcast, of course. Uh, you can go to theticketmiami.com, Look up Fighters Fury there. Subscribe from that feed. Go to look up Fighters Fury on Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available. Uh, easy to find. Hit the subscribe button. Would be much appreciated. Check us out on YouTube as well. A lot of great fight interviews that we've done uh, in in recent weeks. Um, so, yeah. Uh, take care. Have a great rest of your Sunday, everybody. We love you and all the best. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.